Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Thanks for joining us once again. My name's Panos, and today we're going to be talking about aggression or predation. And which one is it? And people can be very confused about the difference or even that there is a difference. We think a dog biting anything is only aggression, and we want to just try to clear that up today. Just like always, when when we do talk about very intense behavioral issues like aggression and anxiety and things like that, Everything that we talk is general in nature and there's so much more that is involved with these sort of behaviors that we have to dive real deep into it. And I do work with these behaviors very often, but I am, I'm not a scientist and I'm, and I'm also not, um, we don't have like the, the, the scope today to be going to so much intense detail, but today we do want to be like defining the terms and just some examples of where it's different and how that affects our dog's behavior. So Predation is the preying of one animal and others. So it is when we call prey drive, when we see that there are dogs that want to chase a ball, for example, that is a form of prey drive. So there are many forms of prey drive and it's important that we understand what predation is. So it's when the dog chase, chases, catches, shakes, dismembers and consumes prey. That is what predation is. So when the lion's in the jungle and he obviously finds an animal to prey on he will consume that dog he'll he'll chase the animal and do everything they need to do so he can consume it so it's a natural behavior that is integral to a predator's life and we talk about being a natural behavior because it's something that we generally don't teach to a dog we can teach a dog how to how to hunt specifically or we may need to use that prey drive so we can make ensure that our kelpies herd sheep and things like that so training does come in terms of how do we want to harness that sort of prey drive, that that instinctive prey drive, but it is a natural behavior that all dogs harness. It's just at a different level for sure. Where aggression is a defensive behavior to stop a threat or it can be dominant behavior to maintain status or a resource. So when we talk about aggression, it's not because he wants to consume anything that he's biting he's trying to stop that thing from getting closer or stop that thing from going close to something so it's basically when the dog's feeling threatened whether he's insecure or whether he knows that he has to show that sort of aggression to maintain some form of resource or if the dog's in a dominant state is a showing dominant behavior rather and he then displays dominance And then it can become aggression from there where he will physically make contact. Aggression is physical contact when the dog has bitten somebody or um, generally that's what we call aggression. And of course, if a dog's lunging another dog, he may be aggressive, but in that moment he's not showing aggression. Well, not. let me me rephrase that because that could be dangerous. Dogs that are lunging at something doesn't mean that they're aggressive. However, a dog that's lunging and has the intent to bite can be showing aggressive behavior. But when we look at aggression, we want to be clear about it not being, not all dominant behavior is aggressive. 
So, for example, if there, was an, if there was two dogs in a park and one dog staunched the other one, stood over him, and then the other dog went into a submissive posture, showed his belly up to the dog, then that dog had established dominance in that moment, however, was not aggressive. However, if the dominant dog was to run over to another dog and the other dog challenged that because for, he, for its own reasons... And, that, and then the dog had to then continue his dominance and it became aggressive, then that's aggressive. Do, dominance, dominance that leads to aggression. But most of the aggression that we see in our pet dogs is fear-based. Most of the aggression that we see is when the dog is insecure, not sure how to interact, whether it's a lack of socialization or something negative happened to that dog or something bad happened in that critical period, a lack or a bad experience. Or when it comes to learnt behaviours where the dog learns, well, I have to be aggressive to keep this resource. I'm chewing on the bone and you come and always take it from me. And right now I really want to keep it. So, And every time I growl and, and stand over the bone and, and show these behaviours that, that he's resource guarding, if those things go unnoticed and we don't treat them seriously, the dog will then result in making physical contact and biting our hand, for example. And then when the dog bites us, we retreat and move away. And that's when the dog learns, well, screw it. I am going to bite somebody to keep that. Sorry, I a little I pause for a moment because something happened to my camera. All right, we're back on recording again and hopefully we don't have any issues for the rest of the episode. So, um, so yeah, so it's important there that we, we can see aggression as being a learnt behavior, but generally predation isn't typically learnt. Now, look, I could be completely wrong on that because, of course, a dog may never have to hunt any of his food and then when food is scarce and there's no food anymore then the dog then learns to chase and chase prey and consume it but he learned to do it but it was already instinctive it was already there inside of his genetics to express that so um so i think that's really important where with aggression some dogs are bred so we're going to talk about genetics right genetics is that the dog has been um has a a hand of cards he's he's already enter this life with a set of DNA that's going to express certain behavior. Environmental stimulus, so learnt behaviors or um, situations that the dog learns in his environment may turn on or turn off certain genes and they don't become, we don't express those genes because they they are not required. But genetic, genetic causes for predation, for example, so you can have a Let's talk a little bit about a specific situation. So there's heaps of times where the council have given an order. So there's three types of orders that dogs can get in New South Wales. There's a nuisance order where the dog, for example, would be continuously barking and disturbing everybody. And then a nuisance order is placed on the dog. There's a menacing dog act where um, if a dog was to run towards somebody and bark at them, hasn't been aggressive, however, um, was showing to be a menace to society in that moment there we call him a menacing dog and then when a dog has um, bitten somebody bit another dog or killed another animal then usually the the dangerous dog order is is involved on that dog so i saw uh, this year i've seen like three dogs that have escaped their property and killed a cat and then we have they have been deemed a dangerous dog and for them to lift that order off and appeal it after one whole year of following the 
the rules of the dangerous dog order. For example, you, you would need to put your dog into a um, outdoor area, which is like three by three off the top of my head, concrete floor, and it has, has to be a certain height with a roof over it. So basically an outdoor kennel. The dog has to be wearing a yellow and red collar every single time he leaves the house and has to be muzzled every time he's outside of the enclosure or every time he's off the property. I'm pretty sure it's every time he's outside of that enclosure. So basically, that's what needs to be happened so we can make sure that this doesn't happen again. And through that, if they want to appeal it, or a lot of the times the council makes people do training with that dog so we can um, reassess him so we can go back into a normal state. When a dog escapes a house and kills a cat, your dog wasn't aggressive to that cat. That dog was in predation. He was to kill that cat. Now, he may not consume it, because he doesn't need to because he already gets food at home, but he still has that intense desire and that drive to chase and kill that cat. But if a dog was to come onto the property and then your dog or that same dog ran out and then got into a fight with that dog, that dog was showing aggression in that moment. It doesn't mean that dogs can't chase other dogs out of prey drive, out of predation, for sure that could happen, where a little white fluff is running down the street and you know a husky dog sees that and just boom, runs after it and then bites him. That could be a state of, of predation. And then a lot of times, prey drive and aggression or that defensive behavior can be merged and mixed together. And they would probably be doing that for different drive sports like protection sports where, and then depending on if the dog needs to become more civil, where he has to be working on the streets, then yeah, you want a sense of that prey drive. You want that chase and that chase and that competition sort of thing. But then the competition can also evolve into a little bit of defensiveness where the dog feels that he has to because there's a fight about to happen. And if you're a canine dog in, in the police unit, for example, well, then, of course, that's very much the case because most people that are being bitten by a dog are going to fight back. So we don't want the dog to only be trying to chase prey. He is also trying to fight for his life in that moment. But we'll talk about just when dogs are afflicting that aggression onto another species, usually... Now, it doesn't mean that a dog can't be aggressive to the cat because a cat swiped him and there was a bit of a confrontation. That could happen as well. So I guess the point of today's episode was to clear up the fact that there are two ways, there's two reasons why a dog would bite and kill another thing. And it's not always aggression, but we have to be thinking about predation as well. And it being a natural behavior, it's something that certainly can be fixed. And what we mean by fixed is we make sure that the dog isn't killing other people's cats. And that comes through good management good earlier exposure and desensitization as much as we can. As I said before, genetics do play a part of this, which then means we may not always completely take all of that predation outside of his everyday behaviors. That's where management comes involved. And don't put him in a situation where he can escape the house and then find the cat next door and kill it. And also want to make sure that we're fulfilling that dog's drive as much as we can. So if your dog does have a high prey drive, you should be playing those constructive games with them in terms of playing ball, playing tug as part of your training routine. So that way they're the, the reinforcement for that dog is the game and the game comes from me and the dog. So that way the dog relies on me to get that fulfillment, not having to find it elsewhere. And that's not only going to fix it. Of course, there's everything else that we talk about. Give your dog a job, be consistent with exercise and, and training routines, be um put your dog in a situation where you set him up for success. You don't want to just let your dog just jump the fence and run around and do whatever he wants in the street because your dog can still be aggressive, jump the fence, and then see your dog cross the road and run and attack him. So you want to make sure that we're, we're covering those three things, management, 
training and fulfillment, biological fulfillment. The more that we can fulfill our dog's drive in, in a more practical way, then it's not going to work against us later on. A lot of people are scared of playing tug with their dog because they think that they're going to make the dog have more aggression. That's not completely untrue. However, in the general sense, if you do it correctly, we can teach the dog that it's a game that we play and we're not trying to like fight the dog for the resource all the time because dogs dogs can become protective over their 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 reinforcer, their tug or their and they become possessive and that possession can be a form of resource guarding because the dog's like, I'm only playing this so I can keep it. But what I want from the dog is the dog to show us, no, I'm playing the game because we get to play together. And that's the whole point of it. So and if so if, another example, yesterday I was with a dog and he he was cool with the dogs up in the distance. We're on the long line. We're probably like 30 or f- to 50 meters away from the other dogs. Just looking at him was fine. But as soon as the dog started to run, you can see Bruno got really intense, really, um, he kicked into drive. Now, he does have potential aggression issues. Actually, he has bitten a dog before as well. So we know that he can be aggressive. But in that moment there, when the dog started chasing the ball, you can see it was a different sort of body language he was expressing. And he was into a little bit of prey as well. But he was scared, he's insecure, but also he wants to chase and bite things. So in that moment there, focus back on us and playing tug can give him a way to have an outlet and also finding that he doesn't need to fight so hard to get to that dog and that he can get some of those things through us. And of course, we need to teach a dog to be more focused on us, to follow the obedience when we ask him, ask that of him. And if he decides to run towards a dog, then we will issue a correction to show him. But that is, we're not allowing that to happen. Anyway, we've gone to training. I guess I really wanted to talk about that predation versus aggression. So I hope that kind of clears a few things up. Just make sure that you're you're aware of that. And also you're, it's it's the difference of if I was to go hunting to consume that animal, I'm not like murdering that animal so I can consume it, even though I did kill it. But if I just killed animals just for the fun of killing it, it's a whole different thing. You can still be a predator, but then also you have some other underlying issues that that it's becoming a whole different thing where if someone was to go hunting to consume, to eat and to feed their family, then that's a, a lot more of a natural behavior which is more desirable for the species. But aggression is still desirable for the species too because without aggressive people, without our ancestors who weren't aggressive and who are able to defend their turf and to defend their space and to defend their family, then they won't be able to procreate and continue. So some dogs do come pre-packaged with a whole bunch of instinctive behaviors that we need to identify early on and manage it very well. And also know that sometimes when a dog shows that so the client that I was that triggered this whole um, conversation was his dog got out of the house, a wolfhound, and had killed a cat. And they deemed him man- menacing dog, and there was a whole like there's a whole legality side of all of this as well. But basically, the, our conversation was like the dog's great, walks past dogs, sees birds, with around people, he's completely social. If he sees a cat, he'll try to kill the cat. That's just for sure. So he, he's not a concern. It's just. We need to main, manage him so he, when he sees a cat that we're going to show him what it is that we want him to do. But also one thing that he that Nick took out of this whole experience was, that, yeah, he was forced to do training, but also now he can walk his dog nicely on the lead. The dog will follow obedience commands, will recall when he comes back. Um, he secured his space and he's got a mad enclosure for his dogs. So um, so think positive things did come out of it. But I said to him, and what the council requires is, of course, that we have the dog under effective control. 
but it doesn't mean that we put him around cats and then he doesn't kill cats anymore. It's just that because that would be unethical to put cats right in front of a dog that wants to kill it. It's also impractical because where am I going to find these cats from? I put them in cages or do I let them run around? So it's very difficult. But also, but if he was deemed dangerous or menacing because he had bitten another dog, we desensitize him and condition him to understand we want a set of behaviors that he want him to do around dogs. And then over time, we want to desensitize him so he feels that, well, not all dogs are a threat. And usually when it comes to aggression, we're trying to build two main things. We're trying to give him good structure and give him good lifestyle so that he can make good choices because he's biologically fulfilled and that he is under some form of discipline where he understands that he has to perform a certain way. But then also on the other hand is manage a dog so he doesn't get those situations. So for example, the wolfhound that I saw yesterday, he's not going to kill another cat again because we do have effective control because he knows how to walk on a leash. He knows to follow our commands and also he can't get out of his house anymore. So that there is now, and because the wolfhound had killed the cat, he's he was right next to my dog, didn't even show that much interest, wanted to play with a couple of other dogs, and it was all playful behavior, nothing's wrong there. So you can have a dog that has prey drive and will kill an animal like a cat or a possum, but then not care about dogs. So anyway, that's today's episode. I hope I've covered quite a few points to um, spark some thought and discussion. And if your dog has any of these particular behaviors, then identify what it actually is and work accordingly towards it. Because if it is fear-based aggression, we need to build confidence. If it is prey drive, we need good management and show him how to get the game from us and to show him that he doesn't have any more success with that sort of behavior. Depending on when you li- where you live, how much exposure you get to these different things. I hardly see a cat when I go for a walk around my streets here, but some people see cats multiple times in- per walk. So will depend on your environment or what you need to work on as well. And um, anyway, if you enjoyed the episode, please, you know, share it with a friend and, you know, like it or rate it or subscribe to all the platforms that you can to support us in every way. That's really cool. We hit 50,000 downloads just this week. So that's pretty exciting stuff. So thank you, everybody who um, finds value in our podcast. We're really happy to do it. And um, yeah, and just share this up on your Instagram feed or on your Instagram feed um, stories. And that way that we can share it as well. So we share the love and more people can listen to the things that we love talking about at all times. Anyway, much love to you all. Have a great rest of the weekend and we'll speak with you soon. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches Thank you and stay tuned for next time.